and welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, we run our own TV station with the networks from Gilhova and Formal Ferret Games. Plus news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and more. What have we been playing? What games have we picked up lately? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. And welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Lance McFarland here with D. Clark. D. How is everything going? It goes well, Lance. How are you doing today, man? D. I'm doing pretty good. Unfortunately, as you might know, we weren't here last week, but everyone got to hear our Harry Potter interview again, which is pretty cool. It was a busy weekend a couple of weekends ago, so we weren't able to get the games in and just, you know, things just didn't quite work out. Yeah, life happened. Schedules didn't mesh. Uh, Unfortunately, it happens, but uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, we're back this week, man, two weeks ago good weekend it was went to nxt how was that sir nxt was pretty great i gotta say out of the two shows you know i had really really high hopes for the royal rumble right which i thought was a really good show um and i had even i had lower expectations for the nxt show which i thought over delivered so i was really happy with with going to nxt i i since getting back involved in wrestling in terms of being a fan here in the last year or so um I, I came in watching NXT with very low expectations, and literally every pay-per-view, my expectations for them to go up, because they keep producing these amazing shows. And it's to the yeah. point that I expect a show from NXT that is uh, approximately as good as the main roster pay-per-view. Yeah, that's true, and it's really nice. Like, their weekly show's nice because it's just an hour. Yes. And their pay-per-view's nice because it's just, like, a little over two hours, so you don't get, like... There's not a like a period where it's dragging along, you know. Right. By the time the main event gets there, you're not already like worn out of watching wrestling. And they get just enough storyline in that you care about the guys in the ring. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And even in a time like this where their weekly show is kind of at like uh, almost an all time low. Right. As far as like, you know, not quality. It's still a quality show, but just like how much you care about the wrestlers. Right. Just because all of the top people that we loved are all now on the main roster. Right, and you're so, having to rebuild from the ground up. Yeah, like especially the women's division. But I thought, like, the, the women's division is a good a good point to talk about with this because you would look at it and say, I'm not interested in this at all. Asuka's cool, but other than that, but that women's division match at the NXT show was awesome. Man. It was. It was. Nikki Cross went through a table. And she took it like a champ. She did. I like Nikki Cross. Asuka somehow survives a two-on-one and wins the fight, yeah. wins, retains her title. You know uh, you know what I thought was really cool about Billy Kay and, uh, God, what's her name? Um, Billy um, Kay and the other Australian. Yeah, woman. the other Australian chick that looks like an alien and nobody cares about. Yeah. she. Uh, <laughs> what I thought was interesting about them is that Billy Kay was getting the pin and the other one jumped on top to help her pin. Yes. Not so that they'd both be champion, but just like, I want one of us to win this. But since they were doing that, the one thing I didn't like was that when Oscar was on the ground and Nikki Cross went through the table, why they didn't just jump in the ring and one of them pin the other one. Yeah, I mean, immediately. So, yeah, anyway, it was kind of cool. But then you got that little part falling through the cracks, you know. Right. Um, but I also went to Evolve 77. I went to an indie eye pay-per-view. Nice. Uh, Chris Hero's final match before going to WWE. Right. So he's going to be Cassius Ono in WWE. Bleh. And... Um, Chris Hero is such a cool name. Too. WWE, just let him be Chris Hero. 
You know what's going to happen. It's going to be the same thing that happened when he tried the last time. Yeah. He's going to get introduced as Cassius Ono. He's going to wrestle a great match because he's Chris Hero and he wrestles great matches. And the fans are going to chant Chris Hero the whole time. Yeah, that's true. For sure. And, I mean, in the last few years since he left NXT the first time, he's gone on to become arguably the greatest indie wrestler on the planet. Yeah. And I got to go see his final indie match. He's on a very short so cool. list. He's really good. Yes, for sure. I mean, you you look at guys like AJ Styles. Yep. And, I mean, maybe Okada. Maybe Okada. Kenny maybe Omega. Omega. And then... And Chris he's right Hero. there in that same conversation. Yeah, for sure. Okay, man, so let's get into the show. Yeah. Um, this is a show about board games, not pro wrestling. And <laughs> if you've never tuned into the show, Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet, covering everything in today's designer board game world. If you're listening on 100.7 here in town, welcome to the show. If you're listening on SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards, welcome. Or online by clicking Listen Live at KXTR.com. We're on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX at Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards and at Bags and Boards TX at Gmail.com. Like I said, you can find all of this info and more at SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards, plus all of our past reviews and interviews. And the current episode you're hearing right now goes up every Thursday morning at SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards. We've also got an RSS feed there if you want to add us to your podcast catcher and have our shows fed to you directly so we're going to get back to the news right after this break and we'll be right back you hear that that's the sound of healthy safe water from the tap and that safe water is available nearly everywhere in america thanks in large part to the safe drinking water act which turns 40 this year happy birthday safe drinking water act together let's keep our water safe for the next 40 years and beyond to learn about how to protect your water, visit drinktap.org. This message brought to you by the American Waterworks Association and United Water. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo would like to welcome back TSU students to Stephenville with memory foam pillows and bamboo sheet sets to ensure a full night's rest for the busy student. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo at 150 College Street and the Blue-Eyed Buffalo 2 at 970 Lingleville Highway have been furnishing dorms, homes, and apartments for years. More information can be found by searching Blue-Eyed Buffalo on Facebook. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo, furniture, Texas style. In my car, because I'm driving a lot. It's okay to roll your windows down and turn your radio all the way up. In my car. Only if you have it tuned to the planet. Come on, y'all. Otherwise, it's not okay. <laughs> Got it? Definitely in the car. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Lance McFarlane, and if you're just joining us, Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game & Movie Traders. You can buy, sell, and trade both new and used video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-rays, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. Other collectible card games available there as well. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, next to the movie theater in Stephenville, and can be reached by calling 965-GAME. They're also online at facebook.com slash gameandmovietradersville. So, Dee, let's get into the show. We're going to start out talking about some news going on in the board game world. A few different things happening in the last couple of weeks since we've been on the air. Sure. Um, so, the first thing, Days of Wonder have announced an expansion for Quadropolis called Public Services that adds 24 new building tiles and Four new helpers. As we talked about with uh, Days of Wonder before, they produce just super high quality games. Right. Uh, Five Tribes was the last game of theirs that I got, but I would. Uh, Quadropolis looks really cool. They put out just really good family weight games. Uh, so if you're a fan of Quadropolis, Public Services, the expansion coming out this year. 
AEG has announced all of the products coming out for their Smash Up line this year. So the first one is What Were We Thinking? This expansion features Explorers, Grannies, Rockstars, and Teddy Bears. Starting to stretch. Yep. Um, so this other this next thing is called it's uh, the Retailer All Stars Event Kit. Uh, so if you participate in this uh, event, you know, like almost like organized play at your local shop, if they're doing this, you get the All Stars faction. Uh, Smash Up Big in Japan coming out later this year, and also Smash Up Sheep Deck in quarter four by completing a survey at alderac.com slash smashup. Uh, and also later this year, Smash Up Digital coming out on Steam. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for the digital version just because I have Steam and it's easy access. Actually, I think that's already out. Okay. But as the year goes, they're going to be releasing more factions for it. I'll have to go check that out then. Um, I did this survey. It took me about five minutes. Okay. And you get a free faction. Nothing wrong with that. Year. So sometime at the end of the year, a sheep faction is going to show up in the mail, and I'll go, man, I'm glad I did that survey. Cool. So check that out. That's alderact.com slash smash up. So PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo, has announced their first convention focusing on tabletop gaming only called PAX Unplugged. That takes place in Philadelphia on November 17th through the 19th with tickets going on sale in the spring. Are we going? So, um, yeah, I don't. that'd be fun, right? Yeah. I've never been to a PAX. Have you? I went to I went to a PAX South the first year. In San Antonio? It, in San Antonio, and it was a madhouse. I had a great time. I saw a lot of a lot of celebrities, a lot of public figures. The uh, cosplay was, was amazing, but it was a zoo. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so PAX South was actually... The weekend I was in San Antonio, in San Antonio, you just couldn't go to PAX. Yeah, I was doing uh, wrestling things, but I, it, yeah, it was happening at the same time. Right. So it was probably like I bet the WWE and PAX didn't know that each other were doing. Oh, there's no way. Town. There's no way they could have known. Because there's got to be some cro- a bit of crossover between video game, board game, comic book fans and. Oh, absolutely. There's got to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, sitting right here I, in this room. I was to say I do all of these yeah, things. Me too. Um, so anyway, D, uh, the next bit of news as a follow-up to the announcement of Commands and Colors, the Great War digital version that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yes. GMT has announced that they're going to be doing uh, digital versions of both Commands and Colors Ancients and Napoleonics in 2017, coming out from Hex War, the same company that implemented the Great War, and also that same company did the 1775 Rebellion uh, digital game, among among others. But, cool. Yeah, this company, Hex War, definitely getting into the uh, – uh, digital implementations of board games game. Um, and I'm excited to play Commands and Colors games. On. Absolutely, man. Um, I've talked about before, and uh, we're going to talk a lot more about Commands and Colors as time goes on. But I've talked about before how much I love the Great War, but I'm really excited to play Ancients because Ancients is just, you know, Commands and Colors Samurai Battles right. is almost like it doesn't exist. Okay. Like you just never hear anybody talk no, about it. No, nobody talks about it. Not, like, it's weird. People didn't even do reviews of it. We did a review here on the show. Yeah, but um, we were one of a very small handful. It came out from Zvezda, which is a Russian company. Right. And they have a USA division, but that's just like an office in the U.S. And oh. it never got it never got picked up by a U.S. company right. or anything like that. So I don't know if it's hard to get your hands. You can go to their website and buy it, but it just never got the play that the uh, other versions of Commands and Colors get. But to me, it's just the best, right? Right. And also the barrier to entry with uh, Samurai Battles is that it's the miniatures that you have to put together. Right. And glue and stuff like that. I'm not a... And I realize that I'm I'm coming from a wargaming background, but putting together some minis is not an issue for me at all. Yeah. For me, I'm not a big fan of it. 
what happened with me was that I went over to Larrett's house and I just thought, okay, we're going to put some miniatures together. It'll be fun to hang out and put miniatures together. Sure. And then we did about a quarter of them. And when I came back the next day, he had finished them all because that's just his <laughs> how that's, he works. That's how Larry it works. Yep. Um, so he put together all of them. I've also got the expansion called Ninja Attack. Cool. Um, and there's a bunch of uh, the ways of Vesda does it. They release a lot of uh, little packs, too, which I don't have. But, man, it's a fun game. It has this thing that none of the other Commands and Colors games have called Honor and Fortune. Okay. Great War has something similar, but it's where you can pay to use... Um, as long as you're giving an order to somebody who's in a line with other, like a, con- a continuous line with okay. other units, you can pay to add dice. So you can like, you know, in Commands of Color, sometimes it's hard to get to roll very many dice. Right. And this one, I mean, I could roll seven dice on a turn. So you, it can be really satisfying, but you can use that for other stuff so you don't end up rolling too many. You know? Right. It's a great game. Um, and it was the first one that added the uh, extra... The extra cards that have like special abilities, like you know, play this card when your opponent gives a command to someone in the right section. Okay, and you can play that card and say like, I get to do a counter attack or something. You know. Okay. Um. So anyway, digital versions of Napoleonics and Ancients coming out this year. The next game in the Dice Tower Essentials line of games from Arcane Wonders is going to be an English language version of Viral, originally originally released by Mesa Board Games. Viral is an area control game for two to five players where you are competing to infect and control organs in the human body. So this is uh, coming out in August, going to be debuted, I guess, at Gen Con. Um, and the board of this is really cool. The board is just like a map of the human body, but it's an area control game. So right. the areas that you are controlling are the heart, the lungs, the spleen, the liver. The That's pretty sweet. Man. It is cool, right? Yeah. Uh, the board is really cool looking. So check this out. It's called Viral. And these, uh, I, I've got to say, I mean, you know, the, the whole point of the Dice Tower Essentials line was that Tom Vassell is saying these are essential games for anyone's collection. Right. I uh, the one I didn't really know about was Speechless. Okay. Uh, which we reviewed here on the show, and it was favorable i like speechless but it just didn't seem like an essential game fair oni thomas seems like an essential game yes you know sheriff of nottingham if that's your style essential game speechless was eh, i'm glad they've gotten you know back to you know what seemed like they could be essential games like with uh, royals and stuff like that but right. this one looks really awesome mm. i mean it's like he's trying to release a game from all these different categories like party game abstract Right, and you and know, most gamers game. don't need something from every single category. You yeah. don't have to check every box. That's true, too. Yeah, but I just feel like there had to have been a better party game out there. Right. You know? Well, I mean, we've re- we've reviewed some pretty good party games on this show. Oh, yeah. there. Uh, party games are one of my favorites. I've got an awesome party game collection. Yes, yes, like, you do. It's one of my favorite things about my collection. You wouldn't think that as much as, you know, I love heavy Euros and war games and stuff, but, man, I love party games. I was going to say, you also love playing games with your entire family, and that just screams party gamer. Yeah, for sure. Um, And Codenames has kind of taken that place, that mantle lately. Man, I love Codenames so much. I do, too. Great game, right? Yes. People that don't like Codenames, um, which, you know, like some – some like more prominent reviewers don't like code game code names and like I get what they're saying that it's just like everyone's sitting and staring at words right but like that doesn't discount the fun that people are having because people really like it it's it's a blast to play I've I've never been in a group and played with somebody and had them be like this is boring and I don't want to do it anymore I agree I've yet to see this totally. 
Um, so last bit of news, uh, Marco Rama Games in New Jersey. This is a game shop, right? Right. Local game shop uh, that also sells games online. They ha- are closing their store due to Asmodee's policy about selling their games online. So uh, I don't know a lot about the policy, but I believe they're not allowed to sell the games online, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I believe Asmodee sells their games through their website, and you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, I think the markup is just really big. I think Asmodee won't let you take, like, a discount off. Right. And I think there might be something about local game shops, and I, I, I don't know this at all. I mean, I remember the policy from, like, two years ago. Right. But, or a year and a half, whatever it was, but uh, don't take this as um, – as true, but I think it was something like if you are a local game shop, you can't sell them online. Right. Okay. Like something like that. Right. Um, but anyway, so I I don't know about Asmodee's policy affecting people, and this is just from their. I mean, they may be there's this awful business who doesn't know how to run it and just blaming it on somebody. That may be. I there's, have no idea. You yeah, know? there's a whole lot of information missing here. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting to uh, to put that out there that, like, this is the reason we're closing our doors, you know? Right. Asmodee has made some big moves. I mean, they if you buy an Asmodee game on, like, say, CoolStuffInc.com or something, right. you're going to be paying almost full price. You don't get that 35% off, which, I mean— yeah, as someone who works at local game shops, I mean, it's it seems like it would be true that that would help local game shops, right? Because, you know, one of my things that I say is, like, it's hard to, like, buy a game at a local game shop if it's not meeting, like, an instant gratification for me if I can go get it for, like, you know, $15 cheaper. Right. But if you don't have that, if more companies started to do this, then you go, this, well, this is the price of the game. I'm just going to go ahead and get it here, you know? Um, that's true to an extent. Um, the, the other side to that is that, uh, by, by being able to sell it online, you reach a whole lot more people. Yeah. So I can see both sides of the coin there. Yeah. And especially if you're a local game shop who also sells online. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more about this, right? Yeah, surely that there will be more news More news about this coming out. All right, guys. So on Kickstarter right now, a couple of cool things. Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea has 16 days to go. Um, $60. Okay, so at first, the lowest one that they had was $100. Right. Like when I got on Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea, I was looking at the side, and like the lowest price was $100. And I was like, what? I had no idea this was going to be such a big game. Right. I thought it was going to be a bigger than tiny epic game. It it looks like it's a it's a full sized game. But there's a ton of miniatures. There was so much like I guess backlash not backlash, but like people going, Oh, i just I can't afford this. Like, right. This isn't what I expected, you know. Um, that they added a sixty dollar version with standees. Yeah. Instead of I, that doesn't bother me at all. Like, I would get the $60 version, um, but when you have, like, I mean, you know, like, Cool Mini or not, their games are around the $70, $80 range, and right. they have awesome miniatures yes, in their they do. games. It, so, I don't know. Go check it out. $60 gets you the game with standees instead of miniatures, and for miniatures, you're talking $100 and up, depending on, you know, what version you want. There's a deluxe version, stuff like that. Sure. So... The game still looks cool. It's definitely not what I expected. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Each faction, so like whether you're playing dwarves or humans or elves or whatever, right? They each come with like a castle piece, okay, and like a, a land vehicle and like a skyship. Cool. Which is 
What a funky theme, right? Well, I mean, it, it makes sense given the name of the game that yeah, you're going to no, have airships and tanks or, you know, some sort of vehicle for the ground. You just don't think of uh, airships and fantasy together. Um, it is a, I mean? it is a little steampunky. Yeah. Um, but my one of my favorite D and D settings is uh, Eberron, and they have things like that, and it's purely run by magic. Really, you know how does how that does the steamship yeah. work? Well, we captured an air elemental, and now he's our slave, and he pushes the air around so that we can fly this tub. <laughs> That's really interesting, and also like the new Magic the Gathering set has a lot of airships. Right? Yes. Very so. much so. So anyway, that's on Kickstarter right now. 16 days to go. Uh, if you're a fan of Tramways from Alban VR, there's an expansion for Tramways coming out. Paris and New York expansion. Uh, the the good thing about this uh, Kickstarter is that you can also get the base game if you miss the original Kickstarter. This okay. is another chance to get the base game. Sure. Which is, this is in the line with uh, Small City and Clinic and uh, what's the one you have? Uh, town Center. Town Center. So it's in that same line of games where they're all kind of set in the same town. You we know? still need to play Town Center, by the way. And Clinic. Yes. Oh, man. And Tramways. Man, I would love to play all of Alban VR's games. We need to know? just sit down and, and have a giant review of the entire setting and games. That's a good idea. Um, kind of like playing all within this one city. Yep. You know? uh, so anyway, that's out there. You can get the base game or the expansions or combo of both. 20 days left on that. So D, did you play any games this week besides uh, the networks that we're talking about? Played the networks. Played uh, a game of Empire Builder. That was a lot of fun. Got yeah, another okay. Got another five-player game of Empire Builder. Okay. Um, our board looked crazy. Uh, for those of you who haven't played, it's a crayon rail game. Yeah. A uh, lot of fun. Um Little bit of little bit of just filler party or not uh, party games, but filler time taker games. Uh, played a little bit of coup. Played a game of gun runners. You know nothing nothing else big or super impressive, but you know fun. So would you say that you guys more like just pull random games off of the off of like the shelf of games and play them rather than like people bringing in their new games that they bought and stuff? Um, usually somebody comes in and says, "I'm in a mood to play game X." And then okay, we'll play we'll play that game. Yeah. And you find a group to play it. Um, the the Empire Builder game, for example, uh, somebody sent me a message a day ahead of time and said, "Hey, Friday night, we're meeting at the shop and we're playing Empire Builder. You know, are you in?" And I said, "Sure, I'm in. Do I need to invite other people?" Nope. Have six spots. Have seven invites going out already. Plus, Stephen will be will be there. We'll have players. It's crazy to me that you guys can get together a five-player game of Empire Builder. Yeah, like that. A game like that has gotten so popular, and locally. it took and it took almost no work in terms of pulling teeth and and scheduling and things like that. Yeah. It was literally just send out a text to a group of people. Hey, do you want to do this thing at this time? Yes. Huh. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, I haven't played anything else except the networks, um, but I did get some cool games in the mail. Got a nice big package from R&R Games, which awesome. I'm really excited about. Uh, the first thing in there is a game called Pickle Letter, which is like a word game. It's really interesting. It comes in a, I mean, it's like a plastic, it looks like a pickle jar. Yeah, it looks um, cool. And it's got letters in there. I'm not sure how the game plays, but it's also got like toy plastic versions of like Dill pickles, right? I have no idea how this game works, but uh, <laughs> I think if I remember from the videos I've seen of it, you literally just dump it out, right? And whatever ones land face up, or you play face up, and whatever lands face down, you play face down. The pickles land where they may, and then I think you have to like match letters, and you keep trying to get matches. 
okay. of letters. And when you can't find a match, you grab a pickle, and then like other players have to prove you wrong that there was a match. Something like that. Okay. Right? Uh, Coin Quest, which is an auction game. Really simple, sort of like, you remember we played the game Mogul? Yes. Um, I love these auction games that have just like two pages of rules and like the depth is in the gameplay right. rather than in the rules. Yes. I love that, right? Um, and it looks really good. Not the like best quality components. R&R sometimes can be all over the place with components. Yes, right? they can. Very um, much so. But it looks like a really fun game and it's gotten solid reviews as well but the two i'm most excited about are the two new euro games from r&r games toria and ulm okay are both coming out for, or both out from r&r games um they look good i brought toria up and showed you the other day yes you um, did it's got it looks cool pieces right it's got these little uh four-sided tower pieces that go on the four corners of the board and i think based on the direction you're looking at it whatever actions you can see on it or the actions you can do. And then you turn it at the end of your turn or at a certain time, and then your actions you can do change. You you say little, um, but they're actually like probably a good two and a half inches square. Yeah, they're big. And they're seven or eight inches tall. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not, pretty big, yeah. They're not small towers here. And then there's uh, your player boards you put together like those. Um, it's it's a, it's a cool-looking game. It, it is. It looks is cool. cool-looking. And Ulm has gotten really good reviews, too. It's got this really cool mechanic where you've got these squares with uh, these little um, squares on the board with little squares with actions on them that you push around right. to create certain lines or rows and columns of actions. Sure. And then I think that's what you can do, whatever's in the column or row that you're going on. Okay. It, so both Euro games with really interesting mechanisms going on. So I'm excited to give those a shot. Uh, those are the only games I got in. Do you pick up any games this week? I picked up nothing, unfortunately. All right, man. So new board games coming out. Uh, if you're into Just Desserts, which is a fun little card game I like, uh, there's an expansion out called Better with Bacon from Looney Labs. Santorini, this is one of the hottest games out there right now from Roxley Games. Yeah. I want me and you to give this a shot on Tabletopia. This is on Tabletopia. This, yes, it is. So this this we, needs to happen. We don't have a copy, but we can play it on Tabletopia sure. and see what it's like. Um, it's really cool because the board afterwards, if you've ever seen pictures of uh, Santorini, a city in Greece, mm -hmm. this board looks it looks like that city. It's really cool. Um, as a, a Indonesia, the reprint from Indonesia from Splatterspell is out. It's $95, pretty steep price. But this was a game that, like, no one's ever going to be able to get a copy of this for less than $250. Yeah, so, I was say, it's, it's cheap comparatively. 100%. Um, Healthy Heart Hospital from Victory Point Games is out. It's cooperative game of treating and curing patients. Um, you know, Rado talks about this, but, like, it seems like all the, like, medical games are all competitive that have come out, and this one's cooperative because it seems like cooper like clinic and stuff right. like that. seems like cooperative would make more sense in a medical field setting. Uh, I this, play nurse, you play doctor, you know. This may be me. Um, I may be in the minority, but when you say medical game, the first thing that pops into my head is pandemic. That popped into my head, too, but I, I don't think— I. I but you're right. It is it is in the minority in terms of co-ops in that yeah in that general genre. Yeah, for sure. Um, Spyfall Two is out from Cryptozoic Entertainment. I think it's pretty much just Spyfall. They just are re-releasing a a new version with new cards and locations. Spyfall okay. looks like a cool game. I haven't played it, but um, let's see. This Wednesday, a couple of cool games coming out. Well, if you're listening to this. Uh, it's today these games came yeah, out. Yeah, they'll be out today. And uh, Or if you're listening on Saturday, they came out on Wednesday. Um, Pyramid Poker from R&R &R Games is coming out, and Numenera, Into the Outside. This is a uh, 
a uh, new book for the Numenera role-playing game. So you're exploring pocket dimensions and parallel universes. Numenera, really cool RPG. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. It's by Monty Cook, uh, one of the original you know, writers for D and D, you know, for like kind of 3.5 and yeah, he was, around he, that era. Yeah. He was mm. a, a contributor. Like he helped Gygax from what I understand with second edition a little bit and then got hired on and was one of the huge forces behind 3.0. Yeah. Uh, and he's been, he's been a, a giant of that uh, genre ever since. Which if you talk to most people who play D and D or have played it regularly for many, many years, which I mean, I've played D and D on and off for 15 to 20 years now. Right. And 3.5 is what they're going to say. If you say, what's your favorite D&D? They're probably going to say 3.5, yeah. almost o- always. I mean, 5th edition is... It's okay. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, and it's not like... It doesn't get the, like, disdain that 4 does. Man, 4th like, edition cost them so many people. Yeah, totally. Especially when Pathfinder was like, hey, let's, uh, let's do a new game that's sort of like 3.5. Pathfinder came about because Wizards of the Coast fired all the people who were working on 3.5. They yeah. were like, we're not doing 3.5 anymore, so none of you have a job. Get out. Yeah. And all of those people were like, fine, we'll make our own casino with uh, Blackjack. And, they did uh, it, man. And then they did, and they made a bunch of money. <laughs> they did, for sure, absolutely. Um, so that's coming out. Uh, also, uh, on Friday or yesterday, Kingsport Festival, the card game from Passport Game Studios coming out. Got solid reviews. Sometime this month, Quartermaster General, Victory or Death, the Peloponnesian War from Griglin Games. Um, Quartermaster General is a really interesting game. You've played this once. I have. I've played a couple of games. Um, my copy is up there. Um, it's a really funky game. It's a war game where instead of battling, we're worried. There's a little bit of fighting, not much. We're worried more about supply lines and supply routes and stuff like that. It's it's an area control game where you only have so many pieces. Yeah. You, can, you literally can only control so much area. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's it turns almost not into a an area control game, but an area denial game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's... Um, it didn't really hit big well for me, but I played two players, and I think this game definitely needs all six. The base quartermaster be general. Uh, I've played it once with two people and once with three people, and the three-player game was way better than the two-person. Yeah, game. I could see that for sure. So I, I think you're right. I think it needs four or five people to, to be decent. Because if you're just playing two players, each player is playing three decks essentially. Exactly. You take three turns. It's it's very strange. But uh, so yeah, this one is about the Peloponnesian War. So they're starting to release other versions, which this is giving definitely giving me the uh, the uh, commands and colors feel like a little bit. They're going to release this game, but based on other wars as well. Right. Um, also in February, Capital Lux from Avenue and a or Capital Lux and Avenue from a Porta Games both coming out. Both solid reviews. Capital Lux got a lot of big reviews. So um, yeah, there it is. So D, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be going over the rules and overview of the networks from Gilhova and uh, Formal Fair Games. But before we go, I wanted to tell everybody, Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, right next door to the movie theater, carries a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. They also host groups and tournaments for all of these games, plus Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, and more. For more information, they can be reached at 965game or at facebook.com slash gameandmovietradersesville. D, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is your DJ Kashino. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. for Future Sound, my weekly mix show featuring the freshest trap, bass, and EDM from across the globe. 
right here on 100.7 FM, The Planet, Stephenville's rock and rap alternative. KXTR 100.7 The Planet is proud to announce the opening of Texan Tattoo at 1280 West Washington Street, directly across from the Tarleton campus. Texan Tattoo offers Tarleton students and Stephenville residents a variety of services to meet their tattoo or body piercing needs. Artists' work can be found online at facebook.com slash texantattoo. Walk-ins are welcome and appointments can be made by calling 254-968-0050. What you need is to turn your volume up. Let's go. Way up. Crank it up. Get your adrenaline rush on 100.7. It makes me happy. KXTR, the planet. All right, y'all. All day, every day. You ready? All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Bags and Boards, a board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. Tonight, we're talking about the networks designed by Gil Hova and published by Formal Ferret Games. So Gil Hova is the designer of Battle Merchants and Bad Medicine formally. Yes. Um, uh, formally? Formerly. Uh, Formal Ferret Games is his company that he runs. Battle Merchants was released by another company, but so far, Bad Medicine and the Networks are the games that he's published through Formal Ferret. So, D, just to give a quick overview of the game, in the Networks, you and your opponents are new television stations, and you need new programming. And for this, you'll need shows, stars, and ads. So, D, this game lasts about five, or exactly five rounds, and the player with the most viewers at the end is going to win. So, there's different... Uh, player boards or different central boards for uh, whether you're playing one to five players. I have not played the solo game. We've played two players and three players. Correct. So kind of, you know, middle of the road there. Uh, so on your turn, you're seriously just going to do one of the following actions. The theme of this game is um, it, they they go with the, th- with the theme of television. So like you're going to have like fa- the show found instead of lost, things right. like that. So it's definitely a parody. Uh, there and it's definitely comedic. The ads, the stars. Oh yeah, it's, it's all funny. You know, it's very cute and makes a lot of references to things in television. Yeah, without actually using any of the things in television. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so on your turn, you're going to do one of the following five things. You're going to develop a show. Depending on the number of players, there's going to be a certain number of shows, ads, stars, and network cards, which are special action cards. Out, so you can develop a show. And as we go, as these cards are taken in this one round. Uh, They're not going to be replaced until the end of the round. Correct. Um, So you can develop a show, which means you take a show and you put it in your lineup. So on your player board, you're going to have an 8 p.m., a 9 p.m., and a 10 p.m. slot, and you're trying to make those perfect. Your shows that you're uh, developing are going to have preferred time slots, but you can put them wherever you want. Right. Pretty much, uh, if you put it in its preferred time slot, you're going to get a few extra points on that first season. And that's it. So um, you're going to develop a show, put it in whatever time slot you want to put it in, and then later on... uh, uh, it's going to age. So at the end of the round, our shows are going to age. Correct. Which means we're going to move a little black cube down and the number of viewers is going to change. So it could do anything from, say, start at 8 and then go 7, 6, 1, 1. 
Correct. So like in the last couple of seasons, it lost a lot. So I need to get rid of that show and get a new show in that spot, right? Correct. Or it could do something like start out low, like start at five and then jump up to 14. Like it got really popular in its second season. And these are number of viewers that you're getting from the show. So you may start with a show that's lower just to get those big, you know, season two and season three. Absolutely. So once you get rid of a show, once you get a new show to put in its place, that show is going to go into reruns. You flip the card over and it's going to have an extra number there that's going to get you some extra viewers as it's in syndication. Then it's going to go to your archives after the round that it was in uh, reruns. So that's how you develop a show. You can also get ads. They go ads and stars go straight into your green room and then you can use the attach a star or ad action later on to put them on a show. Shows are going to have requirements. They're going to say this show has to have a star or an ad or both or it has to have a star and it can have an ad, different things like that. So you're going to attach them. Ads are going to give you a boost of money right off the bat, right when you take them, and then they're going to give you money at the end of each season. So uh, stars are going to cost you money right when you take them, as do shows, and then they're going to cost you money at the end of each round. So pretty much at the end of each round, you say, this is how much money I owe, this is how much I get, do I owe or do I get? Right. You know. Did Um, I make money? Yeah, and the other thing you can do is get a network card. Network cards are going to do anything from give you an instant action right then from something as simple as get $5 million, or they're going to give you something that you can use one time, but it doesn't have to be right then. Use it whenever you want. Or something that's an ongoing action, or something that helps you score extra points at the end of the game. Precisely. Those are four different types of network cards, and that's the game. You play five seasons, you do these things, you're pretty much trying to optimize your three time slots. You're looking there on the three time slots. You're focusing on those. How can I optimize this, right? And we'll get right. more into that. But uh, real quick, we're going to take a really fast break. That's the overview of the game. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about our thoughts of the networks. And before we do, I wanted to tell everybody, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX, at Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards, and you can email us if you want to. We're bagsandboardstx at gmail.com. Most importantly, though, head over to our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash bagsandboards. You can find all of those links there, plus you can find all of our reviews and interviews, plus all of our episodes uh, if you want to catch up on the show. And there you can find our RSS feed address, which allows you to add us to your podcast catcher and uh, have our shows fed to you directly and listen every week. So we're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be back to talk about the networks from Gilhova and Formal Ferret. Listen up, all you fashionistas. Tarleton is now offering a new minor in fashion. Classes include fabric fundamentals, fashion industry, apparel development, fashion history, and fashion forecasting. This new minor is open to all majors and there are no prerequisites. For questions, contact Dr. Blaylock at K-B-L-A-Y-L-O-C-K at tarleton.edu. KXTR 100.7 is brought to you by Philip Vasquez at TSULawyer.com. Philip offers TSU students and Stephenville residents law services for DUIs, drug offenses, and other legal matters. Philip can be reached at 254-796-2270, but all information can be found at TSULawyer.com. PhilipTSULawyer.com is dedicated to supporting Tarleton Student Radio. Rock on with 100.7 KXTR The Planet, live from Tarleton State University. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Wanted to let everybody know that Circle A Skate Shop is located right inside of Game and Movie Traders in Stephenville, next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories, including trucks, wheels, skate videos, and more. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stephenville on Facebook. So, D, let's get into our review of the networks from Gilhova, formal Ferret Games. So, D, first off, I think the, the big thing, right, is theme, right? Sure. We talked a lot about theme last week with Harry Potter. Absolutely. Um, so the theme in this game, to me, is really funny. I mean, that's one of the best things about the game to me is that it's funny. I mean, there were genuine laugh-out-loud cards. I, I think cute is a really good word to describe it. Yeah. Um, it definitely, like I said earlier, it definitely pulls from things that are in TV today. You know, if you're a big TV junkie, you're going to recognize a lot of these references. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of them were very cleverly done, and we didn't catch them initially. Uh, Thirty-one true. paper being a being a prime example <laughs> yeah. as a as a take from Thirty Rock. Yeah, but uh, it's it's very cute. There are a lot of uh, funny moments, and uh, especially when you get things to line up just right to where you have the right star on the right show, and so you have the guy who dies and everything in Super Awesome Explosions show. And so every episode is this guy doing something and then exploding. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we all have these perfect images in our head of this ridiculous TV show, and it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I think that would have made the theme even better is, like, it, you know, we have we have found instead of lost. Right. But, or we have uh, <laughs> N-C-I-S-I-C-U-B. B-U-S Scranton. Right. Um, which is a good one. I like that one. Um, we have these shows that are like really specifically this is a parody of this. I wish the actors were the same. Instead of guy who dies and everything, I wish we had, you know, instead of Tom Hanks have Tim Hunks. Okay, you wanted to go that route. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, I, I think since we did such precise parodies of the shows, why not do precise parodies of the uh the actors. Uh, that works fair. the way it is, but I just I thought that would have been a, even a nicer touch. I, I didn't think along the lines of every single actor, but there were a bunch of them where I was like, it that's was totally this person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That guy who dies and everything. Well, I wonder who could that that could be. And he's got a he's got a sword and yeah. he's you only <laughs> see his body, you don't see his head. And uh, I mean, surely this isn't a Sean Beam reference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, that's true. And they all did. They all were a reference of somebody. Yes. But, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah. You wanted actual names. Yeah, for that's sure. That's fair. Um, like, you know, it could have been Sam Sam Bone. Or I don't know. Right. <laughs> but whatever, you know. Uh, so, anyway, the theme is really funny. So, to me, the coolest thing about it is that the player board, um, just to get it out of the way, this game was a little too light for me okay i mean i could see playing this game with a group and having a good time um but they're just like even for like a family weight game they're just like i wish there was a little bit more tension right i wish i wish it felt a little bit tougher i wish there was a little more crunch to it you know what i mean the games the games attempt at adding uh tension adding strife for a player um, is your absolute least way to favorite way to do that, which is cards that basically say do terrible thing to opponent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's these uh, cards with an eye on them. They're interactive cards, and what they are is they're just like take that cards. And for me, like 
I could, and not every player's like this. Some players are going to really like that, right? right. Um, they're just mean cards that I would, um, I mean, I'm probably going to just toss them in the trash. Like, right. I don't even want them in the box. I don't want them, I don't want them rubbing off on the other cards. Right. You know, like, I don't want the other cards making bad decisions because <laughs> they're having to hang out with these cards. Um, so anyway, yeah, the interactive cards aren't for me. If you like take that stuff, like, you know, Munchkins are really take that sort of game. Absolutely. Which I, I like Munchkin, but... Um, and this one, it's just like, I mean, say we get into this situation where like, you know, I'm about to do this really cool thing that I've been working for and you go, nope. Right. That's not fun for any, I mean, it's just not fun. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, in the words of, uh, one, uh, three H's, triple H, <laughs> um, I, I am a creator. Not a destroyer. Not a destroyer. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so, um. Yeah, those the interactive cards, not a big fan of. Um, but to me, the the best part of it is optimizing your player board, right? Right. You've got an 8 p.m., a 9 p.m., and a 10 p.m. slot, which we're in the central time zone, so I like to think of them as 7, 8, and 9. Sure. Um, and you're just optimizing, right? So, like, I had one where, and you do end up in these funky turns, like you said, where you're like, all my, all my shows are perfect. They've got all the stuff that can be added onto them. I yep. can't add any more. They're all. I'm about to score the top thing in all of them. All I can do is, you know, get get as many ads as I can. But the other players are grabbing ads too. You know. Sure. Um, and then, do I want to waste money on stars that I might not even need later right now until I know I need them? You know, because different shows are going to come out later. What if a lineup of shows came out that? All took ads instead of stars. You and know? it happens sometimes. And I just bought all these stars for no reason, you know. We played one game where I was like, man, this this 8 o'clock show is the pits. It has dropped. Uh, I'm going to get three viewers this season. I'm going to get one viewer next season. This thing has got to go. And the cards came out, and there were no 8 p.m. shows. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to take the hit and, you know, get something else and not optimize it. Yeah. But, I mean... That that situation where the right cards that you need not coming up is a very realistic possibility. Yeah, for it's sure. It's small, but it's it's very real. And you know, I've I've really tried hard to find like the places where I could find some depth in this game. And you know, it's a it's a it's a really it's a fun game. I just felt like, and it doesn't take very long. It's a good forty five minute to an hour game. And like, I think it's a perfectly awesome game to sit down with your family. And play, or if you have some friends and you don't want to play something too meaty, you just want to have a good time and right. play a nice, simple game. This is an awesome one to play because it's definitely got Euro mechanisms, um, and it's a cool theme. It's right. a cool theme where they went the funny route, and it's actually really funny. It is legitimately funny, and I can see it as a good entry for that style of game for a Euro almost. I don't want to yeah. say worker placement because it's not really there, that's not an element. It's more, but of it's a. a it's a multiplayer solitaire type game, which is very much a Euro uh, stereotype, if not fact. Um, you know, so for somebody who's getting into gaming and you say, well, would you like to play a Euro game? And they say, well, you know, what 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 is a Euro game? You know, it's a, it's a great thing to bust yeah. out to show as an example. This is an for intro sure. into that world. Yeah. But um, if you don't have a need for that specific thing, it's really light. Yeah, that's true. And, like, I mean, you can play Catan and you can play Carcassonne, but, like, this has got a cool theme. It does. You know what I mean? So there is that, right? Um, 
But seriously, the optimization there is like the one place where I started in our last game to find like, okay, like I thought I had this at the top place it could be. I got rid of a show that was at its height of viewers because the next season four and five cards had come out. And like I, if I switch this show out with this one, I'm going to score two more viewers. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're down to that level of, of micromanagement. Yeah, which got kind of cool, right? Yeah. I was able to get score a couple more viewers by just playing out this whole turn. But I played out an entire round to score two extra viewers. Right. You know. Um, I will say, the, like I said, the game is a good length. And it doesn't do the thing that I don't like in some Euro games where you feel like right when you're getting ramped up, it's over. Right. Um, this one... What you're doing is you're trying to get to that perfect spot to end your last round with the highest score possible rather than like I'm just getting there. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, because you can get you can you can get there at the end. You know what I mean? And and it if you are good. Let me word this correctly. If you play your first turn or two well, you hit that peak a couple of times in the progress of your game. Yeah. You know where you're like, man, I'm going to score 54 points this turn. This is astronomical. You know, and the game is set up. You could, in theory, score three hundred points according to the, according to the pieces in the game. They've yeah, got that true. token for you hit three hundred. Yeah. Um, neither of us did that. Yeah. Um, I I think we got over two that last uh, time through, though. Yeah, we did for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could score a lot of points. Uh huh. But I'm sorry, uh, rambling a little bit. But no. it's it's uh, absolutely a thing of hit that peak optimization. And then you have to realize that you're there and you're about to fall off the cliff and fix it immediately. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And the that's the your player board. Those three slots are where you're really going to like crunch down on this game yep. and try and like get some depth out of it. Also, they've got this thing called drop in budget where you have to make this decision like, am I just doing actions now just to do actions? And if I drop in budget quicker than anyone else, not only am I going to go first next turn, but I'm going to get more money and or extra viewers Correct. as this bonus out of it, you know. And we played the two-player game. There's like a robot player, uh, which every time we pass this certain symbol on the turn order track, uh, we have to flip over a network card, which has symbols at the bottom, which mean we burn cards. So that added a little bit of depth in the two-player game. It's kind of interesting. It does. Right? It was, it was just cool. like having a third player sitting there, but still. But they were pulling things arbitrarily, and there were a couple There were a couple of times for me, and I think for you as yeah. well, where you're like, all right, I'm going to do this, and next turn I'm going to get, well, I don't know what I'm going to do because we just had to burn that card. Crap. No, seriously, there was one turn where I had, like, three plans, and it took all three of my plans. Right. So, like, never make plans with the leftmost card of anything no, when you're playing no. a two-player game. Um, so, anyway, uh, genre bonuses added depth. Uh, yes, You can play bit. with genre bonuses where once you hit three, uh, three or five of a certain genre— in your lineup, your reruns, and your archives all together. And there's like sci-fi, sports, reality, action, all different kinds of genres. Right. Um, once you hit three and five, you get an extra bonus, which is pretty cool. And that bonus can really help you out when when you need it, too, you know. Um, so that added a little bit of depth there. Uh, like I said, network cards are pretty cool. I like the network cards a it, lot. They, that is where the uh, variation in the depth for the game at least attempts to come from. Yeah. Um, because depending on what network cards come out, you can either concentrate on your shows and trying to get all of that right, which is a big component of the game. Yeah. That's where you score most of your points. But the network cards are 
you know, they are the icing. They are the cream. Um, it is the stuff where, uh, well, not in your games, but in theory, you can play the get the interactive cards so that you can stop your opponent from doing the super yeah, awesome yeah. things. Um, you get the extra money to go get the extra stars that you may not need right now. You can develop shows for free, uh, get extra ads. Just all the all the bonus freebie things are all done through the network cards. Yeah, for sure. And it adds this thing in the game where you're like, oh, that's a really good card. Yeah, I, I kind of really need this, need but, this show. But, but well, if I get that, then I can get the show for free. If but if I get there. that, then the show might not be there. Yeah. So but... you definitely have some decisions to make there. Like yes. the network cards add this like enticing little like short term. Honestly, if it if it weren't for the network cards, I think the game would be boring. Yeah, I you could I could I could see that it definitely adds a lot to it. Yeah, they are the sure. spice of the game. Um, the other thing that kind of adds a little bit of meat to it is the the resource, which is the money. Yes, it's really tight. I mean, you don't always have a lot of money. If you go that route and you end up getting a lot of money, means you left something else behind potentially, but you don't always have a lot of money. And, and if you go negative, you lose points on the board. You lose viewers. Yeah, that's which true. Which is incredibly painful to have to do. Did that, I don't think that ever happened to us, did it? Uh, game one, I made Janie lose uh, like a half a dozen viewers at that's the end right. of the game because you both had to pay my expenses yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you lose viewers. So. Yeah. And so she ended up losing a bunch of viewers. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, you're going to score viewers again, which your shows are going to age. So it's really cool to optimize your board to where on the last round you're at the like second best right total viewers on all your things or at like, you know, where it's not going to drop to one, you know, and then you score that. Draw age your shows and then score again the best on all of them. And I got lucky enough. I say lucky because I wasn't really planning on doing it. I just happened to set them up the right way uh, the last time that we played to where they scored pretty good on the last round. And then when we did end of game, they all aged and we scored them again. And like, I think all three of my shows fell for end game into the, the, prime yeah, yeah you know this is going to score as many as it'll possibly get right now yeah. and it was right at the end of the game yeah for sure and th that can be pretty cool so setting you're almost like setting yourself up for like the end of each round but really trying to set yourself up for, for the end of the final, game yep that final round and uh, in-game scoring uh like i said interactive cards not my thing but you might like them the game is kind of fiddly in a few different ways there's like the middle three boards which are your score tracks and your turn order and your drop-in budget stuff, like those aren't attached to each other. Correct. Because there's a different board for each for each of the different player counts. Right. Which I feel like those other two boards could be... Could have been attached. Well, it's because that middle one when you're playing one or two players... It's got the turn counter on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, none of the boards are attached. They tend to move around a bit. The fiddliest part of it, which got me a lot was that you're sliding your stars and ads underneath right. your uh, show cards, and your show cards have little cubes on them. So so your cubes go walking very yeah, much so. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was uh, one time I got really worried because, like, one of my uh, stars had gone up underneath my show. And you were like, oh, no, where? Wh I know I put a star on here. Yeah, and I just totally, like, forgot to score it. Oh, you man. Know? So if I had not seen it, you know. Yeah. So things like that can happen. There's a cool little thing in the middle of your player board. Uh, which has like a score calculator. And I finally realized today that you're supposed to, as you gain viewers, 
move that extra black cube you have up. Right. So at the end of the round, you just go, I've got this many, rather than having to add them up at that point. Right. So we weren't doing that, but that's what you're supposed to do with it. It's a nice little touch. Yeah, I was I was using it like to confirm, you know, this is how many I have as I went through scoring, but I didn't do it as the round progressed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, any any other thoughts about the game? Um, no, actually. I, I think we've covered it pretty well. Um I don't really have any complaints or, or compliments uh, about quality of game or anything like that. It was yeah. decently made, but it wasn't uh, extravagant or over the top. Um, the TV stations, and I I feel like they had to do a little bit of research for this because I went looking myself. The TV stations that you run are all TV stations that are mentioned in uh, famous movies. Oh, really? Yeah. All of them. That's uh, awesome. Well, I say all of them. I looked at three, and three of them matched, and I just assumed the other three did. That's cool, yeah. But, yeah, for them to go and, and find things. Yeah, Gilhova went, like, really far to, like, get the theme of it right. Yeah, the amount of research done for the theme was uh, honestly pretty impressive. Yeah, Gil's a really cool guy. Not only have I interviewed him before, but also played a board game with him at a convention one time. That's awesome. And he's just a really nice guy. I email back and forth with him sometimes. And I think his designs are getting better and better. I mean, Bad Medicine's a really cool game, and I really like this one. I'm excited to see what he comes out with next. Right. I like that he's off on his own, doing his own thing, and putting out a game with, like, you know, quality components. And, like, it's, it's a solid game. It's not my favorite game, but... I could see pulling this out in certain situations. It's not a game I'm looking to get rid of. Right. You know what okay. I mean? Um, so anyway, I give this game a good solid B, B minus in, okay. in my book. I mean, I uh, I like it. It could use a little bit more meat. Maybe if he puts out an expansion for it that adds a few other uh, mechanisms going on, it, it could really sing at that point. But. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to vary from you there for a little bit. Um, so you gave it a B minus B somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go C minus. Okay. This game was very safe uh, for a Euro game. Like one of the big things to me for a Euro game is where should I be working and trying to figure out what the next move is. Yeah. At no point was I like, all right, this is not the best play. Yeah, yeah. There was very few. In fact, there were really no points where I was like. No, I, I don't know what I should be doing here. I'm trying. I'm going to have to gamble and try this route. Yeah, it can be kind of obvious sometimes. It was, yeah. it was really obvious. It was really straightforward. And uh, if you're looking for that, if you're if you're exposing new people to yeah. games, if you're looking for a like light that, game with a cool theme and you like that TV theme, check it out. Then sure, for check sure. it out. Yeah. For me, as as somebody who's looking at these games as either. A, something to play with other people, or B, something to add to my collection. It doesn't really fit either of those niches for me. Yeah, for so sure. So I've got to cut it. So that's it. So the networks from Gilhova and Formal Ferret Games. Uh, just real quick, Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater. Game and Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade for both used and new video games. They offer both new and classic video games for all systems, including PS4, Xbox One, as well as Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all consoles in between. Information at 965 game or at facebook.com slash game and movie traders sville so d that's going to do it for us this week once again at bags and boards tx on twitter facebook.com slash bags and boards soundcloud.com slash bags and boards and uh we're back next week talking about orleans yes menstrual game i'm really excited this is your i'm very excited about this yeah this is going to have some meat to it so i I feel kind of silly because every week we say man this is the game we're playing next week and i'm really excited about it 
but it's true. Like every time you you're like, all right, this is what we're doing next, and I'm like, yes, let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm always <laughs> it really excited is. too. Absolutely. So, guys, we're going to get out of here. We will see you next week. Be sure if you're listening on Wednesday, the show's on again Saturday nights at 5 p.m. So, or check us out on SoundCloud, and we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe and have fun, guys. Bye, everybody.